I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On the third stroke, the Prime Minister of Australia will be Scott Morrison. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra or Fair Dickum, and Section 44. The ABC recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight on A Rational Fear, veterans of the war on Christmas come to the shocking realisation that they were pawns in a power struggle that had nothing to do with them. I realise that people have been saying Merry Christmas whenever they want, and I was co-opted into a futile culture war, albeit one with good snacks. And residents from the crumbling Opal Tower in Sydney say that developers had misled them by selling them the Sydney housing dream, not the Sydney housing market metaphor. And after missing three catches at yesterday's test match, cricketer Peter Siddle could have a new career in politics after Scott Morrison said he's so good at dropping the ball, he should join my government. This is Irrational Fear. Wow. Irrational Fear. Peter Siddle and it is dropped. On ABC Radio. Oh, goodness me. Yes, this is Irrational Fear on ABC Radio right around the country. This is the show that bursts the media bubble and tells you what you should really be scared of. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. In the co-host chair, it's one of the most in-demand comedians in Australia. They've got project on all burners going at 100% at, at 100 miles an hour all the time. They've created TV shows. They host TV shows. They act in other people's TV shows. It's the creator and star of ABC Comedy's The Angus Project, Nina Oyama. Hello, Dan. Nina, as a young person in their 20s, do you even watch TV shows? Oh, so what is a TV show? Is that on Instagram? (laughs) 
Is it and, Snapchat? And don't be fooled by his posh accent. Our next fearmonger does not own any means of production. He was, however, one of the star writers and occasional faces of Tonightly with Tom Ballard. It's the cynical Sydney cider, Jazz Twemlow. Hello, young Daniel. <laughs> and you're an old man now. Yes. <laughs> now, people who follow your work, Jazz, will know you for your level of, shall we say, disgruntlement. <clears throat> so my question to you is how... Did you handle Christmas? Uh, I did really well because I'm just able to mask my sort of depressed cynicism with rampant materialism, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yes, the world's crumbling and we're awful to refugees. But on the other hand, you know, I also got some socks and an iTunes voucher. So sort of balances things out, doesn't it? Hooray for future landfill. Yay. Excellent. And our final fearmonger for tonight on the panel is the terror of Tari. He's the buzz of Virapai. He's the North Coaster what? jokester. <laughs> You may have seen him on the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Gala. He puts the original in Aboriginal. It's Andy Saunders. The original. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm well. What, what about you, Andy? Have you been uh, following the city to Hobart closely? Oh, look, uh, rich white people on big, expensive boats make black people very nervous. <laughs> Given that there was only 11 in the first fleet, uh, the city to Hobart must be... How do you know? <laughs> I mean, I look. I, re- I went. To, I went to school once. It's very hard. Well, we should have a slogan for it: Sydney to Hobart. Oh, Sydney to Hobart. The only boats we don't want to stop. <laughs> Erratic winds and an unpredictable breeze. Irrational fear. Julie Bishop deciding to bail early. This is a rational fear. Well, everyone, I'm very excited to say that Irrational Fear has finally got a sponsor. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty pumped up by this, so I'll just have to do um, these live reads from time to time throughout the show. Uh, this week's Irrational Fear is sponsored by Leftover Roo. Have you ever wanted to enjoy Christmas leftovers without the pain of cooking the original meal in the first place? Sick of spending money and love the small but exciting risk of getting sick from week old turducken? Well, introducing Leftover Roo. At just a click of a button, get the food other people just couldn't possibly finish in their Christmas lunch delivered direct from the back of their fridge to you. Enjoy a soggy tub of what we used to think was trifle for breakfast. Chew your way to salty victory with freezer-blown ham or play What's In That with cereal bowls covered in cling wrap. Download Leftover Roo today and use the code MYTUMMYHURTS to get 10% off your first doctor's appointment. Leftover Roo, a better way to get gastro. A rational fear. Your fear is rational. On ABC Radio. A big week for news. There's plenty to be scared of this week. Here are this week's top three fears. Fear number three. This week, Japan said, who the f*** are we kidding? And have pulled out of the International Whaling Commission and are preparing to do an all-out commercial harvest of whale meat for the 2019 season. Whales have had it too good for not so long. Over the last 30 years, Japan has been killing whales for scientific research, but that's all over now as Japanese scientists have finally determined that whales are delicious. Yes, there is light at the end of the blowhole. Japan has promised only to resume whaling in their own territorial waters and will no longer make expeditions to Antarctica and the International Whaling Commission is also quite chilled out about it because they say that the major danger to whales now is no longer at the end of a harpoon, but rather the fact that the oceans are going to be far too hot to support the ecosystem that whales need to survive. And the greater threat would be, say, charging your iPhone to tweet about how Japan is evil. So the IWC has now introduced a tweet quota for everyone outside Japanese waters. So, my friends, the questions are to you. Um, Nina, as someone who's half Japanese, at least half of you must be excited about this story. 
Oh, absolutely. And the the other half of me is like, no, save the whales. But the other half of me is like, mm, tasty, tasty whales. <laughs> I think I would eat a whale. Thanks for asking if a I would whole, eat a whale. A whole one? <laughs> would, would you eat a whale? <laughs> you did a whole whale? Yeah, that's actually what they say in Japan. I'm so hungry, I could eat a whole whale. <laughs> yeah, that's the phrase. It's yeah. <laughs> the famous saying. Um, you know, probably just a little bit of the whale, but um, I would enjoy the taste and then I would vomit it back up because... And I'd put that vomit back in the ocean because I'm ethical like that. <laughs> That's nice. The full ecosystem comes to fruition. Now, Jazz, you've spent some time in Japan. Uh, how do you, do you, did you learn much about whaling in your time there? Um, yeah. I, the, 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 the one thing that surprised me about it was that I, I'm not sure if it was the most recent batch of studies, but like definitely in the 90s, the, the scientific research was a population study. Mm. So they were killing the whales to find out what was happening to the population. So I'm guessing that research showed that the population was was probably going down. Um, so it's like a, it's a weird way to count something. Like, does, you know, is that like, you know, all the school shootings in the US was someone doing a head count? Is that, is that what's going on? Not a good way to count something. Uh, this whale is also dead that we found. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird that. Weird yeah, that we keep finding the dead ones that we killed. Yeah, Strange. What about you, Andy? How do you feel about Japanese whalers? Oh, look, the only positive, and I know you probably shouldn't say positive about whaling, the only positive thing about whaling is that we'll be well moisturised into the future. <laughs> Why is that? Well, we get moisturiser out of whales, don't we? And do we? I don't know. But we should. Yeah. You know what? I uh, read that they even um, they even hunt killer whales. Who's that? The Japanese. The Japanese even hunt and kill killer whales. I suppose Michael Jackson was right. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> People were afraid that Peter Dutton was seriously going to win. A rational fear on ABC Radio. Now, fear number two. In the suburbs of a small town in regional Australia called Canberra, one of the world's <laughs> largest companies, Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, is experimenting with a startup to deliver food via autonomous wow. drone. Yes. How lazy. No, yeah, oh, autonomous drone. Uh, of course, uh, these were made extremely popular by the Obama administration during the war on terror. Um, mm. You may, you may remember. You'll actually be able to call in tactical food strikes whenever you're feeling a bit peckish, yeah, yeah. or for the cost of like a regular food delivery. Now, a Wing representative—that's the name of the company. Wing, a representative from America, uh, said it's going to be great for relieving road congestion. It's almost like that guy from America has never ever been to Canberra before. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now those ra- empty roundabouts problem. will be <laughs> even emptier. Yeah. There'll be negative cars on the road. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, all they're doing is putting those annoying food scooters in the sky. People are really pissed off about this because the sound is super annoying. Mm. That same wing representative went on to say that it's just a sound that people in Canberra aren't used to. It, it, it's, once they get used to it, they'll be fine. I mean, I think Google has really misjudged this. People move to Canberra so they don't have to hear any sounds. Quite frankly, that's Canberra's most endearing feature, I think. <laughs> now, to be honest, they are a little bit annoying. One resident did say it does sound like a whole bunch of Formula One cars driving past a house. Uh, one resident likened them to 40 lawnmowers zipping through the sky. And one, according to this news article I read, one poor World War II veteran said it triggered his shell shock. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, for comparison, here is the sound of the, the drones. Oh, that is spooky. That's, that's awful. 
No, they would really bother me on my way to Questacon <laughs> or Cockington Green. I just want to look at tiny houses. What does that What does that make you think of, Andy? Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. That was so soothing. <laughs> this is the truth. Yeah, oh, look, I've got uh, four kids at home. That's actually quieter than my house. <laughs> I don't understand why uh, Canberra is complaining. Canberra is the sex capital of Australia. Aren't they used to, like, humming and buzzing sounds in every second house? <laughs> I actually have another sound. Is that here. the sound of a thousand vibrators? Yeah. yeah, isn't the sound of a thousand vibrators? Oh! I think you need to get your vibrator checked out, man. <laughs> I don't think they're supposed to scream. Yeah. Well, okay, for comparison, here's the sound of F1 cars. And here are 40 lawnmowers going at once, flying over this lady's house. But nothing compares to what scientists regard as the most annoying sound in the world, and that is the sound of Scott Morrison saying mate 18 times in 17 minutes on The Ray Hadley Show. Minister, good morning. G'day, Ray. Well, mate, um, well, mate, well, Alex, mate now, I don't do that, mate. Bible. I don't have one, mate. To I mean, believe. mate, you judge my faith, mate. Nah, I don't have to swear on, on a Bible, mate. I didn't mislead you on Monday, mate. People know me, mate. There's not one there, mate. I, I'm not going to use my faith as a stunt, mate. No, no, it's mate, a it way is. Of... If you can't accept that, mate, I'm not Bill you. Shorten, mate. No. So, mate... You know, we're mates, mate. No, no, mate. No. Scott Morrison from our Canberra studio. So is this a good idea, drone delivery services to, in Canberra, do you think? I just think the drones would revolt, you know, because they wouldn't get paid enough. <laughs> and then it's all over for all of us. I have to tell you something. I'll reveal something here. Like um, the word for Canberra in my cultural language is bring me heaps of stuff out of the sky. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Weirdly apt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So as actually a good place for Google to set up that startup. Mm. Yeah, right. Well done, Google. It's uh, imagine a Starbucks when it's picking up a coffee. Um, soy latte for drone. Soy latte for drone. <laughs> they get the <laughs> name wrong, though. Yeah. Dro- droney, don't yeah. drony. <laughs> and, you know, if we've learned anything from Obama's drone strikes, like sometimes the food would get delivered to innocent people, you know, just the wrong <laughs> the villages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So um, in, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) This would be, I think Canberra is an unusual place. I mean, why didn't they just do it in Yemen? That would have been a much better place to, you know, to receive care packages. Yeah, they'd be like, oh no, it's a bomb. Oh, it's just a burrito. (laughs) But imagine the confusion now. Every time there's a drone strike, it's like, oh, is my entire family going to get wiped out or fed? Yeah. That'd be quite scary. On the third stroke. The Prime Minister of Australia will be... Scott Morrison. Irrational Fear! It's about fear and it's about survival. On ABC Radio. And now it's time for the final topic. Well, folks, it is finally happening. More heat waves, longer heat waves, hotter heat waves. The fruit of mankind's terraforming experiment called the Industrial Revolution is finally coming to bear. In some regions of New South Wales, air temperatures went well into the 40s. And just like my friends who are well into their 40s, things have started to break down. (laughs) In Batemans Bay, roads have begun to melt. Roads, the very thing we need to drive away from the apocalypse 
have turned into a sticky, gooey flytrap for cars. Yeah. I like to think that uh, in one million years' time, like cars will be discovered by archaeologists, uh, much the same way saber-toothed tigers are discovered in like the La Brea tar pits yeah, yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, Trudy, would you look at this? Uh, the remains of the chassis are so well-preserved, we can clone an entire herd of Ford lasers from this. <laughs> And scientists in Queensland have worked out that because of the extreme heat, up to one-third of fruit bat populations have died. That's 23,000 fruit bats. Of course, this is great news if you live near the Botanic Gardens in Sydney. I mean, they are so annoying, but really bad news if you're a single fruit bat on fruit bat tinder. Life just got a lot harder for Very you. Very hard. Yeah. <laughs> Elise, you know 50-plus um, sun cream is going to be like a night cream in the future if this keeps going. Yeah, there's just so much radiation you're going to have to protect yourself yeah, from. Yeah. yeah, what will people use instead, do you think? Is Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> you might. Well, that's very problematic for me. And or just strap another jazz. person onto yeah. you as just to wear a person shield. Oh, maybe a, maybe we could hire people on four, five, seven visas <laughs> to, to be people shields. I think my my survival tactic for heat waves is the same as for you know extreme cold and temperate weather and major sporting events, which is just shun the outdoors and play Xbox. So that's like a a one fit. One size fits all solution, really. That's mm. why esports are so big. There's no sunburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fit Is it hot in Tari right now? It's absolutely scorching in Tari. We had, uh, I seen the devil down the main street, and he just went straight back down below. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, maybe we can have a chat with him a little later on. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Nines, tell me, how are you thinking about celebrating um, a heatwave season? I'm thinking about setting myself on fire, mm. so that by comparison the heat doesn't seem so bad because I feel like if you're on fire, that's like the hottest you can be and then you cool down from being on fire. Yeah. And it's like genius. It's like, you know, when you're like, you know, like a sauna and then you step out and the air is really cold, but it's not really cold. It's just normal air. It's because you've been in the sauna. And it's quite selfless because you are turning yourself into um, a fuel source as well. Exactly. solves another problem. You're welcome, world. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there seems to be a lack of climate change policy from this government. What do you think this government really needs to do to to address um, this head-on? I think it's more what climate scientists need to do because Scott Morrison, like is a climate change denier. So I reckon climate scientists should just become a Scott Morrison denier <laughs> and just be like, no, he doesn't, I don't know who that person is, but we're right and listen to us. I'm sure we can find 3% of the population who don't believe Scott Morrison exists and I, then we're just going to go with them. I'm actually a Scott Morrison truther. I don't think, I don't. has anyone ever seen him in real life? Only on telly. Exactly. And that can be fake. Conspiracy. So, yeah. Well, it's a very exciting moment to have uh, a very special guest in the studio right now to talk us through climate Climate change and its effects. Uh, we have world-renowned scientist David Attenborough in studio. G'day, David. It's a pleasure to be here, Daniel. Excellent. So, tell us, um, what does increased global warming mean for Australia? Well, as heat waves increase, uh, politicians will be forced to evolve and adapt to this new environment. Uh, like cutting emissions or introducing a carbon tax? Uh, no, as as the proof for global warming becomes irrefutable, government MPs will have to develop flaps of skin alongside their eyes and over their ears to block out the increasing amount of evidence. It's the only way they'll be able to continue doing absolutely nothing while allowing their conscience to flourish. Uh, right, so what about rising sea levels? Uh, Well, uh, there's not much uh, humanity can do about that. Um, I mean, it's quite hard 
But as sea levels rise, the amount of nothing politicians are doing to fight it will also have to increase. Uh, That's more nothing each year relative to the 2005 levels of nothing Australia was already committed to. That sounds very underwhelming. No, it's an impressive testament to the human spirit. Currently, Australia is leading the way in the amount of nothing it's doing, and there's hope it could still achieve even less. Uh, David, can I just say it is an absolute privilege to have you. It's Sir David, you wretched plebeian disc jockey. (laughs) Thank you, David Attenborough. Uh, well, you know, that was what a treat to have David in wow. studio. Oh, yeah, my weird. God. He just popped right in. Jazz, you didn't ask any questions? No, I didn't. No, no. That was amazing. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. The government is actually preparing for the worst. They're preparing for the apocalypse already after climate change. I've actually did a freedom of information request, and we've found the brand new slip slop campaign that's set to roll out during an apocalyptic future. Are you guys ready for it? Oh, oh yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Slip on your neon hazmat suit Slop on the camouflage for a hoop Slap on the flame retardant gel Now we can play outside Slip on a rotting animal skull Slop is the only food available Slap yourself to wake up from this nightmare It doesn't work, you're going to die Slip as you flee from a resource war The sloppers run out, now you're eating your friend Slap on a snorkel and run to the sea The ocean is your only escape Slip on a... Oh God, the marauders are coming! Post-mortem results are not expected. Your fear is rational on ABC Radio. Um, Well, we've got another treat for you. Um, We've actually got someone who's quite used to the heat uh, joining us right now. We've got Satan, the Prince of Darkness himself, in studio. Satan, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Um, Satan, tell us, uh, what, what about global warming for you and climate change? How does it affect hell? Well... To be perfectly honest, it's cooler down there at the moment in my house. It's pretty fucking hot up here. Yeah, right. Uh, What does it mean for your prospects of filling up hell? Uh, Do you think because climate change will be such a catastrophic thing for the world, do you think you'll end up with a lot more people down there? Funny you should say that, Dan. This climate change I've been planning for some time now. You've been planning it? Yes, well, you know... Not just me, other people up here. You may or may not know them. <laughs> so, you, uh, who, do you know who they are? Are you allowed to drop names? Or Well, there are some people that I've been per- preparing a space for down there. Oh, so like when people say there's a special place in hell yes. for X person, you're I the guy that's been preparing it. I really don't want to name names, but uh, <laughs> let's just say his name rhymes with Oni Babbitt. <laughs> Right, I don't think we're. That's uh, not. That's not too hard for our audience to imagine uh, that person. A uh, white, phony, phony Shabbat. Is that the guy? Close. Um, yeah. Uh, tell me. You two are very smart. I could use you. <laughs> so why do you think he's got? Why? Why has he got a special place? Well, you know, he's done a couple of things up here that uh, maybe put him on the list. Uh, like what? Well, he, first of all, he should have worn pants. <laughs> right. Maybe not ride that. Idiotic bike. There's a heap of stuff, really. What about the carbon tax? Yes. Acting the tax? Definitely that. Uh, should what? he have accepted a few more refugees, maybe? 
A couple of hundred thousand. <laughs> right. What about the onion? Maybe you shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> Is that all they in hell, onions? I like onions, Nina. Please don't take the shit out of onions. Well, uh, uh, Satan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on ABC Local Radio right around the country. Dan, i got to go. It's so hot. No, no souls taken today. <laughs> Wait, before you... Oh, damn it. What were we going to ask him? I was going to ask him if Scott Morrison exists. Oh. He would have known. I was going to ask him to take off that Darth Vader mask that he was wearing. <laughs> really impairing his breathing. He... I personally know him. He has really bad asthma. <laughs> oh, poor guy. It's because of uh, all the fires burning in hell, right? Yeah, absolutely. The smoke gets to his chest. Oh, yeah, poor guy. Yeah, his mum has to rub deep heat. Ventolin is God's gift. <laughs> he doesn't get it. A rational fear. You still a believer in Santa? Your fear is rational. Marginal, right? On ABC Radio. Now, folks, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's been an absolutely disastrous year for the stock market. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> You've lost some stocks, Andy? Heaps of them. <laughs> right. Well, do you know, like, the last three days, however, over Christmas, share markets have had an incredible post-Christmas rally. They set a new record for the largest points gain in trading sessions ever. So what the hell is happening in the markets? Are they up? Are they down? Some finance reporting actually suggests that it's, that this kind of volatility is actually due to the hyper-connected world of trading computers. Joining us to tell us what is happening, it's Tom Watsis-Namsky oh. from the Big Bank. Finally. Tom, what is happening in the share markets? lately? No idea what they'll do next. I'm sorry, what do you mean they? Who, who are you talking about? The, the traders. Aren't you a trader? Oh, no. No, none of us humans trade anymore, Dan. Yeah, the computers are in charge. The big banks said we're too slow. It's now all run by algorithms. You know, it's just bits of codes that run the show now. So before you can say, hey, Alexa, or OK, Google, or what the f- Bixby, uh, your whole portfolio could be up in flames. Okay, playing called Play Up in Flames. Now shut, shut up. No, not you, you bloody... I'm not talking to you. But isn't this AI technology supposed to be smart? Yeah, but they're just learning, so they see what other trades are happening and adjust accordingly. It's like they kind of just turned 18 and are drunk and are at the low-stakes table at Crown Casino. So if everyone is selling, they sell more. If everyone's buying, they buy. Well, that kind of sounds just like normal trading behaviour between human traders. Well, yeah, except Alexa and Google don't get tired and have to call their dealer to keep going. Okay, calling. Big Tony, good time. Cocaine dealer. No, stop. I'm not talking to you. Jesus Christ. No, no, sorry, Dan. The, the, the real problem is that in the time it takes me to yell buy, uh, computers have shit their disks and done a million sales. They're that fast. The other problem, though, is that they're just cheap, so they follow what all the other algorithms are doing. But, Tom, if 100 of your friends jumped off a bridge, would a machine learning algorithm jump off a bridge? Uh, yeah, that's how it works. That's why it's called artificial intelligence. What about you, yourself? Would you jump off a bridge if a hundred of your friends jumped off a bridge? <laughs> Dan, come on. I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do something just because everyone else is doing it. Um, I would do it, though, because I lost $350 million yesterday. So that's... Okay, finding bridges near you. Uh, uh, Tom, thanks for your time. Thanks, Alexa. People were afraid that Peter Dutton was seriously going to win. A rational fear on ABC Radio. Now, folks, last week we spoke a little bit about Andrew Broad's sexed messages to a woman he met on a sugar daddy website. Do, mm. you, do you remember this? Yes. Uh, uh, well, the story. How ha- could we forget? <laughs> How could Australia forget? 
Well, the story has evolved and new texts have emerged which suggest that the woman involved actually blackmailed Andrew Broad. The government is in crisis mode, so they've set up a hotline so that politicians can workshop their sexts before they send them. We actually talk to the woman who screens them all. Ooh. Hey, my name is Justine for the fun of itch, and I'm in charge here. Since the Andrew Broad scandal, it's been a pretty busy work environment. I mean, I actually only work four days a week, uh, but the fifth day is spent in therapy for the full eight hours. Anyway, uh, here are some real recordings of sex sent to the hotline. Names have been omitted for obvious purposes. Hi, uh, I've written a message that says, Struth, you look like a Sheila who'd love a bit of a poke with my cattle prod. What do you think? Yeah, uh, don't send that. Uh, yes, hello. I've written a draft that says, Do you like Bunnings? Because I've got a big sausage you can sizzle. Uh, please don't ever send that to anybody ever. That's really disturbing. Oh, hi, remember me? It's me. I'm back again. Uh, how about this one? I heard you work at the Bottolo. How much for a hand, Shandy? Oh, yuck, dude. Come on. Hello. Would you like a consensual coffee? If you would, please reply with a clear and enthusiastic yes. If no, I respect your wishes to keep things platonic. Hang on, are you a green spot? No, I just gotta go and skip the bites. Okay. Do I love this job? No. Am I a hero? Maybe. Also, if they don't pay me well, I've got new idea on speed dial. Irrational fear. This is a rational fear. Things have also ended up a little bit dirty. To Alan Jones news now. Now, ever since uh, Nine bought Fairfax, Alan Jones, the poor guy, has been under a bit of pressure to give up his show. What do you guys think? Should he give it up? I don't really like as long. I currently don't know anything about him or. <laughs> Like, I don't listen to him, so as long as he moves somewhere else where I also don't listen to him, the net impact to me is, is zero, isn't it? How long have you been in Australia? Uh, seven years. And you've, uh, you've never heard his show? I had to listen to him for Tonightly every morning. Right. And then, I, and then I gave that up as soon as Tonightly was ruthlessly... Um, chopped. Stopped. So you're one of the lucky ones, really. <laughs> yeah. What about um, you, Andy? Is is, is Alan Jones big in, in regional in, Australia? Huge in regional Australia. Why? Let me tell you something, like, I don't think, look, put it this way, uh, to be honest, I don't think Alan Jones should give up his radio show. Why is that? Because, like, the world would be boring without racism. I mean, Alan Jones. (laughs) (laughs) I think Alan Jones shouldn't give up his radio show because then that means he can still get fired. And if he quits well as a head, he, like, dies a martyr. But if he gets fired in disgrace, that's pretty cool. I'm out for blood. (laughs) Boom. Well, if you're listening to us now, chances are you probably don't listen to Alan Jones at all. Uh, But thankfully, I did. And here is what he had to say about those rumours. Alan, how is Mr Di Natale expecting me to get my clothes dry if the wind isn't shining or the sun isn't blowing? Uh, Mildred, I hate it when the sun isn't blowing. (laughs) Stay on the line. We'll send you out a Christmas ham from Berlusconi Meats. Delicious. You're listening to the Alan Jones Breakfast Show right across Australia. Uh, Now, can you believe this? (laughs) There are rumours in Crikey, that disgusting internet website, that Nine, that is Channel Nine, the owner of 2GB, my new boss, wants me to leave their network. Nine! They only port the joint a few days ago. We're number one. What are they going to do? Replace me with someone likeable? <laughs> likeable? I'm likeable. What's not to like about division and outrage not tied to any factual reality? 
<laughs> it's ridiculous. Ugh. How's this? Another voice? That ogre of a man, Peter Fitzsimons, the pirate of Piermont, they call him, <laughs> wrote the other day that I'm a liability. Well, Fitzsimons, you're a liability. The only reason a person wears a pocket square on their head is if their brains are made of lint. <laughs> Good one. Now, this is what he reckons, that the board are concerned that my $4 million pay packet isn't enough to warrant writing cheques for $3.75 million for defamation. It is simply not true. Deduct one from the other. Now, by my calculations, that's a $250,000 profit. <laughs> I, can, I can go on to defame lesser-known people and still be in the black. <laughs> God. Critics also say I'm using my platform to bully female CEOs of beloved national landmarks to promote my business interests. Well, excuse me, my house overlooks the Opera House and I have to put up with all sorts of so-called art on its sales. It's speaking of sales, the only sales I want to see are tickets on the gate to next year's Everest horse race, the richest horse race in the world. Now, others have said I should lose my job because I once incited a race riot. Well, who didn't enjoy that? Speaking of races, the Everest Cup is the richest horse race in the world. Let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to keep me from doing radio is if Annie the Musical comes back or I'm required to tread the boards with Anthony Kalia. Oh, what a voice. <laughs> Up next, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. He'll join us for a moment where I'll be asking him some very tricky questions, in particular around colloquial Australian sayings that have been extinct for over 80 years. Stick with us. On 2GB, Well, that is it. Thank you very much oh for joining God. us for Irrational Fear. Have you guys had a good time? I've had an absolute ball. Thank <laughs> you very much, Dan. Thank you, um, you guys. <laughs> me, me too, guys. This has been the best half hour of my entire life. Uh, well, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy us next week as well. Uh, so here, speaking of next week, here's what you should be scared of next week. Andrew O'Keefe is set to travel to the UK to see if he can get people excited about hearing the words, no deal. What? And the Mueller investigation into Russia collusion draws to a close. A panic, Donald Trump admits, he hasn't even been colluding with his own brain. And David Warner and Steve Smith look to rejoin the Australian squad, saying they could still have an influence on young players, which, after all, is how we got into this mess in the first place. This is Irrational Fear. It was written and performed by Dan Illich, Nina Oyama, Jazz Swemlow and Andy Saunders and produced by Jacob Round. Our executive producer is James O'Brien. And until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. On the third stroke, the Prime Minister of Australia will be... Scott Morrison. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.